Hey, friend, it's great to be with you here in this Church Tips podcast. I'm Dick Hardy. This is Jonathan Hardy, and uh, we're going to enjoy today talking to you uh, about a worship leadership issue on the subject of responding mm. to criticism from your congregation. Wow. Now, I, I know you don't have that kind of issue, but I'm sure you have a friend who does. <laughs> But oh, uh, hey, that's a biggie. It's a biggie. You've been around ministry long at all. There's always a critic out there. Yeah. And then when you come to the issue of music, I'm telling you, oh, bar, boy. bar <laughs> none, if I'm with a group of pastors and leaders and I say to them, what is the one thing yeah. that uh, the church, if they're going to complain about anything, what's the one thing? Boom. Music, oh, worship. Almost e every time. Almost yeah. every time. It yeah. just always happens. Yeah. Now, we have been fortunate enough to uh, partner with uh, a good friend, uh, Jeff Deal, who was the former lead singer with Sonic Flood. And uh, he has created a worship course for worship pastors, lead pastors, anyone involved in uh, worship leadership. If you're a volunteer worship leader, uh, you're going to see that this course is going to really address the kinds of things, yeah. the very kinds of things we're going to uh, watch and listen to here yeah. in this podcast. Well, uh, we're, this is um, an episode in Module 3, uh, happens to be called Module uh, Episode 3.6, but we're, we're going to break it into two parts. Yeah. So uh, responding to criticism from your congregation, Part 1, is what we're doing here today. And Jeff's going to talk about two things that will really help you uh, as you're navigating this particular issue. Yeah, and um, after we cut to him and come back here for a little summary of our time, we're also going to give you a free PDF that's going to help you immediately put into practice some of the things that will address what Jeff's going to be talking about yep. in yep. this session. So I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be really helpful for you. Uh, and so without further ado, should we jump in? Let's do it. All right, let's cut to Jeff, and then we'll be back after. All right, so responding to criticism from your congregation. We know it can be very difficult trying to please everyone. That's the tension that we're in as worship leaders, as ministry leaders in general, right? Because you have so many different people wanting different things. But here's the deal. Pleasing people is not the end goal. Yes, we want to work with people. We want to love people. We want to serve people. But our end goal, our primary goal is to serve the Lord. And we do understand that not everyone is going to agree and not everyone is going to be pleased by the things that we decide. You know, some of the common tensions that we face uh, are that some people want new songs, right? They're kind of bored with the old songs. Other people are desperate for old songs. It means so much to them. So you have this tension of new songs and old songs. You have some tensions of people who want longer sets. Oh, I just want to linger in the presence of God. Why do we have to end? They're frustrated. Why didn't you guys keep going? I could feel the Holy Spirit moving, right? And then you have other people that want it to be timely, on time, short. Why are we doing this so long? Why are we repeating these songs over and over and over again, you have all those tensions, right? Another tension is some that want it louder while some want it softer. So what do we do? Well, let's jump in here. Number one, you got to be proactive about resolving issues before they arise, right? That's why we're doing this video is to give you some ideas. I mean, you've got it. I'm sure you understand these things, but maybe just give you a few more ideas of how you can be proactive. Because if we can solve some of these problems before they become problems, hey, we're winning, 
right? So I know when I first got to North Central University, we had uh, what we called volume wars. There was definitely some tension between how loud things should be and how quiet they should be, all that type of thing. And I do talk about that quite a bit in my book, Spark. Uh, and I'm, and we're actually going to get into some details about sound and volume and decibels and all that stuff uh, in module five. Uh, so, but for right now, you just know that there's some tensions there and we had to do some research and that's really what you might have to do and part of what you're doing right now. So uh, you're going to be able to do some research and find out and understand decibels and the sliding scale and understand how all those things work and how to read a dB meter and all that stuff. So, you know, I would encourage you when it comes to volume, maybe I could be wrong here, but you might just want to turn it down a little right now. Trust me, I love it loud. Okay, I like it loud. I want to feel the bass hitting me in the chest. It's awesome. <laughs> but I know that everybody else doesn't want it that way. So maybe a proactive step you could take is, hey, where I'd like it to be and then where it ought to be. Right. Uh, another thing you could do is you could provide earplugs. Now, some people get offended by this because you're like, well, if we need earplugs, it's too loud. Okay, well, but everybody has a different opinion as about uh, concerning what is too loud. So that is another thing that you could do is you could let people know that there are earplugs available if that's what they prefer. Um, then when it comes to things like song keys, I know there are some, some struggles with people who are frustrated by the keys that we choose the songs to be in, right? They, oh, it's too low for me to sing or it's too high for me to sing. All right, well, I do encourage you as a worship pastor, this is my opinion, but that's why you're paying me to tell you this stuff, right? <laughs> this is my opinion, and that is that you've got to set the key that works best for the singer first. That might seem selfish, but the last thing we need is a singer up there who can't sing confidently, who's singing poorly because it's in the wrong key for them, all that stuff. They're not gonna be a very good leader if they're not singing in a key that works for them. And believe it or not, you know, there are songs that for me, I can only sing them in one key because this, the range is so big that it only works for me in one key. So I'm not trying to be selfish, but I've got to sing it in that key if we're going to sing it, right? So, but once you figure that out, and if you say figure out that the song is not that wide of a range and you could do it in different keys, then you should consider uh, what the congregation would like. And oftentimes the way we do that is that we pitch it lower uh, with guy singers, because so, so many times these days, guys are singing super high, which means the sopranos are singing even sky high above that. And then most men cannot sing along. They're singing in, the, in uh, the basement and all that. Or you're also, when it comes to alto singers, you might have to pitch the song higher if it works for the singer, and that will help the congregation. But that's being proactive and trying to solve the problem before it becomes a problem then I would also just encourage people who are frustrated with these types of things to just sing harmony. Now, not everybody knows how to sing harmony, but the bottom line, the Bible does not require that we sing perfectly as far as the congregation. The Bible does require, though, that we make a joyful noise. That's all we're really required to do. So if you can encourage your congregation to do that, uh, and that you're doing the best that you can to pitch things for the songs the right way, I think that will encourage them. Uh, then when it comes to things like hymns, this can be controversial as well, right? I, got, I grew up with hymns. I got to be honest, I don't love singing them. Uh, you know, people, some 
Some people who grew up with hymns get frustrated with how difficult it is to learn these new songs. I gotta be honest, I think the new songs are easy to learn, the hymns are harder to learn, even though I grew up with them. But that's just my personal opinion. Everybody has different opinions on these things. Now, when it comes to hymns though, since you're trying to reach multi-generations, you do want to try to reach across the aisle. You wanna try to help encourage people that like hymns, right? So I would encourage you to sing a hymn every, well, it depends on your pastor's vision, of course, uh, but maybe that's a hymn every one to two weeks. Maybe your pastor would say, no hymns, <laughs> or we need two hymns a week. I don't know what your pastor is saying, but certainly follow the direction of your pastor. But then, you know, lovingly do some songs that will reach across the aisle to help some people in different generations or with different style preferences. Uh, when it comes to style, we do need to speak to the elephant in the room. Here's the thing. We can't please everyone right? I mean, we, we do need to try to teach people to worship regardless of the style. I mean, we know every song that is sung in church is not going to be one I love. Every song uh, we do in church isn't going to be in the key that I want to be in. We know that uh, it's not going to all, all the songs are not going to be in the style that I personally like. And we will talk more about this later uh, in another module, but I just want to encourage you to Train your teams, train your volunteers, and then talk to your congregation about this. Since we can't please everybody all the time, then everybody should try to be flexible and learn to worship regardless of the style, right? At the end of the day, we know that it's all about Jesus. All right, so what about hazers and lighting? We'll talk some more about this later as well, but uh, what we're not looking for is a show. Uh, but these creative elements can enhance the overall experience uh, and bring honor to God. But we need to talk about these things with our congregation. Some people might not understand. They're like, why are you guys putting on a show? Why, why do we use lighting anyways? Uh, but we need to remember that uh, we want to bless the, the production people and know that they're a part of, they're using their gifts to glorify and worship God. So we need to help our congregation understand that they're also using their gifts to worship the Lord. Uh, and then I would also encourage you with your team, uh, when, the, when the congregation is not around, to pray for the congregation, to bless the congregation. Uh, and do that with your worship team. You could do that uh, at a rehearsal or right before service or any of those things. But the it's hard to be angry at people that you're praying for and blessing, right? So if there's people that are frustrated about you and the way you're doing worship, I want to encourage you to bless them and to pray for them. Uh, maybe even go to Starbucks and get them a gift card and, and give it to them. And just say, hey, I was thinking about you, you know, just to kind of make the peace there. Okay, number two, I want to encourage you as we think about receiving criticism from our congregation that we need to be proactive in the way that we meet with our pastor, right? We wanna, I wanna encourage you to meet with your pastor now ahead of time to establish his or her stance on these controversial issues. All those issues that I just went through, all those things, your pastor will have uh, an idea on all of those issues and you wanna understand where they stand so that then you can communicate those things to your congregation, right? If there's concerns from your congregation, you want to be able to say, oh, I've talked with the pastor and this is what the pastor is wanting. So you can communicate that. The last thing you want is to be able to give your personal opinion and then find out later that that differs with your pastor's position on this issue. So make sure you meet with your pastor now to establish 
uh, his or her stance on these controversial issues. Wow, that's good stuff right there, man. Yeah, that really is, is. Um, unbelievable. That is solid. Yeah. And, and that's really where people are at when it comes to uh, the the preferences people have with yep. their style, their yep. music, and and you know people come from different backgrounds. You have different cultures that affect their preferences. Their upbringing affects their preferences, and then if you have young people and old people and the style of music, just just generally speaking, yep. it, and it affects how they feel about music as it relates to the worship music that we sing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, earlier I mentioned that we actually have a free resource for you. Um, that's a, it's a free resource that's gonna help you um, to bridge the gap when you have these different styles and music preferences so that you can reach your congregation as best as possible despite these differences that people have. And I would encourage you to take a look at it. Um, it's gonna help you navigate uh, both the, the cultural um, differences, the generational. the generational differences that people have so that you can um, have greater unity in your church with the musical worship that you sing. And so you can get a free access to this PDF simply by going to leaders.church slash gaps, leaders.church slash gaps. And that's going to help you bridge the gap between these different uh, preferences and styles. You'll find this to be a very helpful piece, very easy to consume. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you'll, I think uh, regardless of your position at the church, you're going to find it very useful. In fact, I, I just had a, uh, a pastor down in Florida uh, drop me a note uh, that they, they passed on this uh, type of content to their worship, volunteer worship leader yeah. to help that volunteer worship leader mm -hmm. uh, be able to be better at all that they do. Now, I want to mention one of the things Jeff talked about that I think is just worth repeating uh, is simply that we need to meet, the, the worship pastor and the pastor need to meet on some of these issues that can be hot button issues. You gotta be together. Because if if you don't, it creates disunity among, among the pastor and worship leader, and then that infiltrates into the church. Right. And, and so, the, one of the enemy's greatest ways of, of causing churches to implode is when there's disunity. Exactly. And we want to uh, protect unity as best we can. And this is one of those areas. It's just a hot button topic yep. because of the preferences of people and their style. And, yep. and so uh, be proactive in, in meeting and, and laying the groundwork for what does this look like? What's the church's position? And uh, if, if you don't have a position, this will be a good opportunity to get figure, one. figure yeah. out, well, what, what, how do we approach yeah. this? Exactly right. You know, this, uh, again, is uh, part one of the two-part series that we're doing on responding to criticism from your congregation. Yeah. And uh, I really hope you'll uh, stay tuned to the uh, next episode because I think it's going to be uh, very helpful to you as it continues on right from here. Is there anything else on this, John? That's it. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, on this particular podcast. We'll look forward to seeing you in the next one. Be blessed. Hey, Jonathan here, real quick before you go. Everything in your ministry rises and falls on your leadership. So investing in your leadership is essential to staying healthy and growing the ministry. And that's why I want to invite you to join us inside the Leaders.Church membership. This online streaming service for pastors gives you access to more than 300 videos plus training material to level up your leadership and improve your ministry skills. If you'd like to do that, I want to invite you to go to Leaders.Church slash boost. Again, that's Leaders.Church slash boost. Well, thanks again for joining us on the Church Tips Podcast. We'll look forward to seeing you next time.